Welcome to Ambitious AF. I'm your host, Caroline Lewis, and every week I'll be delivering either a guest speaker or a topic related to being ambitious AF and not letting anything stand in your way. After my mom died, I hit rock bottom. Bad breakup, afraid I couldn't afford my house, and stuck in an unfulfilling 9-to-5 job. Months and months went by before I looked at myself in the mirror and told myself I needed to change. I deserved more. So, I got help, read a lot of business books, and launched my company. Now, I own a multi-six-figure agency, quit the 9-to-5 grind, moved 3,000 miles away from home, and started a new life that I'm completely obsessed with. Being ambitious means putting your needs first and going after anything that will help you get the success you deserve. Success doesn't just mean money, success in happiness, health, income, love, and life. I know these episodes will encourage you to go after your dreams and create a life you are obsessed with. I'm here for it, and I hope you are too. Welcome to Ambitious AF. Here we go. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode here on Ambitious AF. I'm super excited because we are bringing interviews back on to the platform. And today, uh, through the power of Instagram, we are speaking to Clara. I can't wait to dive into her entrepreneurial journey, her business. Um, So kind of similar to what I've got going, she has a marketing agency. It's called Ground Plan Studio. And yeah, we're going to just talk all things entrepreneurial lifestyle and probably some agency stuff. (laughs) But uh, yeah, without further ado, let's dive in. Clara, welcome. Uh, Please tell everyone more about you and just kind of dive into how you got started in this crazy entrepreneurial world. Yes. Hello. Thank you for having me, first of all. Um, yeah, excited to be here and also learn a little more about you. But yeah, I um, I started my entrepreneurial journey when I was really young. I was 16 years old and uh, I was raised in circumstances of poverty and abuse. So I didn't have much, you know, to go off of to go to college. I faced lots, lots of adversity growing up. So um, essentially had my back against the wall since I was really little is all I can remember. Um, so obviously I had to find a path to make money to go to college because I didn't have the resources. So I started a drop shipping company when I was 16, back when that industry wasn't so saturated, there's like a million now, but back when I started, there was nothing. So I got, you know, the idea, like I don't have money. So drop shipping is a great place for people to step into because you're essentially taking the money people pay you, paying the manufacturer directly. They ship everything. You don't need any back stock. So it's a great way to kind of get your feet in the water of marketing and sales um, without actually spending money, which is pretty rare nowadays. So (laughs) I did that. It took off on social media. Um, Instagram was actually fairly new back then. I was like 15 to 16 years old. It was back when all those fun filters were still a thing and people were posting their food and nails every day. So it was like (laughs) the early days of Instagram. So I would, you know, do high quality photography and post and even high quality photography back then was kind of unseen. So I just feel like with that and like a lot of like hashtag targeting and ads, um, because it wasn't saturated, it blew up. And before I knew it, it was like three months. And I was, you know, making enough money to support myself and um, background. My mom and family were in a severely abusive family with my dad. Um, so we were actually trying to escape that situation. Mm. So I ended up making money to get myself to college and also transition my mom out of the house. Um, so a lot was happening and it was a whirlwind. And then I went to college for marketing and computer science with entrepreneurship emphasis. And uh, 
ended up starting Ground Plane Studio my junior year of college, which I didn't realize it would be my full-time gig, but it is now. And then I also developed my senior year, Piece Over Pieces, a domestic abuse nonprofit in honor of my mom and like the things we went through. Mm-hmm. And we just support uh, survivors of abuse of all kinds and get them donations to transition them out of those situations. Wow. That is incredible. So thank you. Yeah. So incredible. Cause I think a lot of, you're probably one of my first that had, so a lot of people that I've interviewed, they kind of all start with, you know, Oh, my parents were entrepreneurs or I started in a nine to five, but I realized that like, it wasn't for me, but here you yeah. are. And you know, you're, it's kind of like that Tony Robbins story or some of these like oh, huge yeah. entrepreneurs who had a horrible upbringing. And I'm really sorry to hear about that. But I'm also oh, no. like so proud of you for being able to say, you know, I have to make some like I have to make a change for myself and my family. So here you are at 15 years old and you get into entrepreneurship and starting your own business because it was a necessity. Like you had to do this in order to support yourself and your family, which is absolutely astonishing. So um, kudos to you. Like that's that's just yeah, it, it, I actually have like goosebumps just thinking about oh, that. Um, <laughs> so I really appreciate you sharing your story about that. So with the dropshipping company, um, that transition over to your agency and the reason for starting your agency, can you discuss that a little bit more? Yeah. Okay. So I, I grew out of the dropshipping industry because the margins aren't that great. Mm-hmm. So when I say I made money to get my mom out of a situation in college, it's not like I was making a lot of money. I mean, I was making maybe like 30 K, mm-hmm. but for a 16 year old, that's a lot that like, they'll get you by. Right. So, um, I ended up, you know, selling the account, like it had a lot of followers and interaction mm-hmm. and it was worth a lot back then. So I, I mainly sold the account to someone. Um, and I knew that like, I loved marketing. I loved social media marketing, especially in the tool that it could bring people, but I still didn't really have that path figured out. Mm-hmm. So I actually started Grand Plan Studio as a web development agency, um, which I feel like a lot of people start at when mm-hmm. they want to start a marketing agency. Yeah. But then I quickly found out that everyone in the world has a website and it wasn't that much of a needed thing. It was more right. of like an element now to what I have. So now, um, I have a full umbrella of marketing in the the digital aspect. So when I step into clients, it could be of all industries, all sizes. I work from startups to like large, Mm -hmm. you know, corporations to um, individuals. And we step in as like full marketing department online. So we provide graphic design, search engine optimization, ads, uh, social media marketing, and the funnels to mainly our objective is to help the revenues, make mm-hmm. them more sales. Right. But when I first started, I was like this little ant, I was very clueless and I had no idea. I was just like, Oh, I'm good at making websites. So yeah. I think I might just huh. go into everyone and cold call and like try to ask if I can make their website. And I quickly, you know, the door was slammed in my face like over a hundred times. <laughs> and I figured out that I needed to find other elements of marketing that people needed. And I quickly fell into like, okay, people need better social Mm -hmm. media. I Mm -hmm. feel like almost the majority of business profiles, they're outdated. Mm -hmm. Um, Unless you're getting to like the fortune 500 and like really known brands, of course they're on it, but below that, like most people are very outdated and they, they're not sure what path to follow. So um, yeah, fell into digital marketing and that was after um, I didn't believe in it fully. So after I graduated, I fell into a corporate 
marketing job in California and they laid me off on New Year's Eve after one month of working for them. So again, found myself with back against the wall and yeah. I was like, I can't believe I'm in this situation again. This is so frustrating, but it was the biggest blessing because now it's like, I can't imagine my life any other way. Right. And it's, it's the best job ever. Yeah, no, absolutely. And are you, how many other people do you have working with you? Right now I have about 50 employees. Um, I'm trying to scale a lot this year is like my resolution. So I'm trying to hire one to two people every week and yeah. just keep going because now it's like clients are really flowing in and referrals yeah. are a thing finally. And yeah. you know, it's sustaining itself rather than me going out every single day, trying to cold call or give yeah. pitches to people. So, but in the beginning it was really hard. It was just like, I had to grind and I didn't have the resources to be hiring so many people. So I was working mm -hmm. a lot. Yeah. And now like my goal is to delegate more than work. Yeah. So which I really yeah. want to kind of emphasize on this. So how long have you had the agency for? I started in January of 2020. Yeah. 2020. Okay. And Years. when you first started, it was just you like solopreneur. Maybe you had like a couple of VAs or something like that. Right. No, it was just, just me. You. Just okay. solopreneur to figure yeah. out what I was doing. Yep. Yeah. So kind of walk through. Cause I think, um, you know, everyone listening to this, um, whether they are entrepreneurs, but I think a lot are either want to be entrepreneurs or have a side hustle. Um, but that like discouragement of, uh, starting a business yourself. Right. I really want to kind of highlight on that because I think people need to hear it from entrepreneurs more often. Um, <laughs> because it is like, I mean, it is hard. Like those first couple years, uh, they're just super hard, um, until you can like, like you've been able to do hire and scale and like kind of find that path. But then even then like markets going up and down, it could totally change. So kind of discuss that, um, you know, those years of first launching, obviously you're super excited, but then, you know, realizing, okay, this is a lot bigger of a project than I'm thinking it is. <laughs> right. Right. No, I could talk about hours for this. Like it's, it's, is so hard to take that leap. It's a matter of really committing yourself when you become an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And I started in the worst circumstances. I had rent to pay with nothing. Like I could have easily went out and applied to a nine to five on LinkedIn mm -hmm. and, you know, but I felt like it was a sign. Like when you feel like you have a sign, like just take that leap, mm -hmm. just tell yourself, why not? Why not try? And even if it doesn't work out, maybe that's not your path and it's fine. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not saying not all nine to fives are bad, but I am saying like the entrepreneurial route is a beautiful thing. If you put in the work and it turns out for the best for you, right. like I can't imagine my life any other way. So I would just say like, be prepared to just learn every day, apply yourself and look up resources and sharpen your skills. Just try and get as much experience as possible. Mm -hmm. um, even though in the beginning you might have to like offer something free to someone like, Hey, could I possibly give you free samples? At least get that on your portfolio. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, if no one's going to talk to you, at least be like, can I offer you this? And they might right. like it. They might end up opening their door to you, which happened to me. So I would, you know, pitch to people, cold call. And I'd say, Hey, can I put together a free presentation for you? Can I put together 10 samples for you and just get your feedback. And if you like it, if you would be willing to be a reference, if you use them. And as long as you just keep networking and putting yourself out there and also accepting rejection mm -hmm. is like <laughs> the number one thing. I feel mm -hmm. like that stops a lot of entrepreneurs. Like it, when I first started, I was very sensitive, shy. Like I was, 
so petrified of being rejected and it would ruin my whole day. Like I remember someone would just say like, Oh, you're not a good fit. You don't have what it takes to like run this marketing, um, mm-hmm. something rude. Like people out there are just yeah. rude. Yeah, um, for sure. <laughs> but, but you know, when it happens, you'd have to realize like every single person goes through it and it's going to make you better and push you harder to be mm-hmm. the perfect fit for someone and to, you know, learn more. And, you know, a lot of the time rejection, which people won't humble themselves. It's like a lot of the time that rejection is true. Mm -hmm. And once you accept that and you like look through the glass at yourself, like, what did I do wrong? Like, what can I improve? It's going to make you better and better every day. So Mm -hmm. yeah, just, you know, accepting rejection, being resourceful and learning and getting yourself out there and networking, just really throw yourself out there, say yes. And you surprised what happens really quickly yeah I love that I mean yeah rejections are and I think that's probably one of the reasons people either give up or are scared to um, start a business or even like move their side hustle full-time is just like that rejection right rejection of potential clients rejection of family friends like rejections of, of those that you love around you like thinking you're absolutely insane um, but I mean when you're working uh, a nine to five, you're like, you're still dealing with rejections. It's just different because they're not you, like they're not owned to yep. you. Right. It's like not your responsibility a hundred percent of the time versus when you're owning a business, it is your responsibility a hundred percent of the time. Um, so <laughs> like, I think, you know, every company will go through like their high of, you know, they're just launching all this excitement. And then all of a sudden they get like a bad review from a client. And they Mm -hmm. get totally distraught and it's like, you know, yeah, absolutely just like heartbreaking. I mean, the, this year, the beginning of this year, I had my first, um, person ask for half a refund and I was just like, what the hell? Then I'm like, okay, Caroline, cause I also started 2020. I was like, okay, this is your first one in almost three years. Like you've worked with a lot of people. Like, I think you need to pat yourself on the back. But initially I was just like, this is horrible as I'm horrible. Like, I can't believe this. I just felt so bad. Um, so yeah, rejection is just like a huge part of owning a business and being able to overcome that, but it makes you a really solid person. Like I just, like, I feel like I can take on any conversation. I could talk to anyone in the world. Like nothing scares me. And when it comes to people, conversation, sales, nothing like that because you get all these rejections like sales calls and stuff like that so i'm really glad you pointed that out because that's a huge part of owning a business Um, absolutely so are you um you're still like main c so are you the one hiring people and managing your team at this point right you're not really in the business anymore Yes. No, I am. One thing about my agency that I really love is the communication with the client Mm -hmm. and also the blueprints to everything. So I, you know, right now for right now, I still want to be hands-on, but I delegate all the jobs. It's Mm -hmm. just, I, I want to be the communication streamlined to the client and I also want to make the blueprints. So I essentially make, you know, the plans, the graphics, the first rounds, like I want to do that because I'm very type A, but I know eventually Mm -hmm. I can't sustain that probably, but I want to keep as personal as I can for as yeah. long as I can as well. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, and I, I know a lot of agencies who, cause I, I think with an agency, I mean, if you, especially with ad, like ads running, um, I've seen agencies blow up and I've worked for some agencies as like a contract or a contractor. And it right. was just like, yeah, you're making over a mil, um, 
which is like great financially, but your employees are 1000% burnt out. You have, you do not have enough help for the amount of clients you're coming in. And then I would end up like leaving my contract with them because I started to notice client satisfaction really went down. Like I remember being on calls with some of them and they were like, like, when can I talk to the guy that owned it? Because he initially onboarded them and stuff. And he was like, I keep calling him and texting him. And like, I can't, and I'm just sitting here like, oh my gosh. I don't know what's I going on. That. Yeah, because I'm like, I don't know. I just feel like it's unfair because I'm the one pitching to the client with mm-hmm. my skills, my portfolio, and then suddenly, boom, you don't matter. I'm passing you off and outsourcing you yeah. to like a million people and you won't talk to me. I just think it's unfair. And yeah. I don't know. I don't see myself completely ever getting out of the picture because I enjoy it, number one. And number two, I just think like it's almost like fraud. It's yeah. just like I'm the one who pitched to you that all the things I'm going to do. And then suddenly I'm like behind their back, not really on yeah, I don't. If I don't know what's going on, then how would you be my client? Like, yeah, it'd be so unprofessional for me not to, you know, have a vision and have a passion for exactly why we signed on together. Yeah, so yeah. that's just me. Absolutely, yeah. And I mean, everyone's gonna run their business differently, but I I do know like a lot of clients that we work with because we're doing like funnels and stuff like that too. And they're always like, well, how do we keep the messaging and like the authenticity and stuff? And I'm always like, yeah, don't worry, we're not turning it into like the click funnels community where we're just going after and going to run tons of money behind this and make you a million dollars overnight. And then like nothing with your client satisfaction or customer service. Um, but yeah, cause I mean, like a good thing, bad thing with agencies is like bad thing is a lot of people don't like agencies, especially now because of, um, all of like the ad push and the lack of essentially customer service that, unfortunately a lot of people signed up for um, because of these big promises and these really good sales pitches right and they sign up for this huge promise and then they um, definitely under deliver and then you know it feels like a waste of money so then when people hear the term agency um, but I also love that you're a woman owning an agency um, because you don't meet a lot of women who still own agencies Um, a lot of times like people still partner with men or it's like a guy started it and stuff like that. I don't know why, but a lot of agencies I know, they're pretty much male dominant. (laughs) So yeah, so I'm loving the female. Like, I feel like, I don't know, I've seen it a lot. I just, I feel like people go for the men a lot in this industry Mm -hmm. when choosing someone to go with. And so it can be kind of difficult, especially Mm -hmm. because I look like I'm 12 too. I'm almost 26. But when I get on a call, they're all like, oh, Hello. Yeah. <laughs> like I look kind of young and naive, but you just have to, you know, stick to your guns and yeah. deliver and show the results or absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, you're yeah, I could tell you are like a very, very mature. You said you're 26. I'm almost 26. Almost, yeah, yeah almost. that is insane. Um, incredible. Like <laughs> so incredible. Um, so how does your family like your entrepreneurialness? Oh my gosh, that's so funny you asked. Um, <laughs> my mom like has no clue what I do. Yeah. <laughs> like it's so funny. I don't know. She's she's from Thailand, so she's an immigrant. And uh, so she came here when she was like 13. She's very Americanized, so fun and smart, but she also I don't think she thinks that everyone does what I do. She's like Oh, okay. Like, I'll be like, yeah, mom. Like the other day we were at dinner. I was like, do you know that I own a business? And like, I got a couple awards this year. Like, and I would show her and she's like, oh, cool. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Like, just out. 
I'm like, all right, well, I mean, it's cool. Yeah. Like, she just doesn't get doesn't it. Get it yeah. And if I were to explain everything, I'd do it just be like, whoop. Yeah. Like, she yeah. Had, so I don't mind. I just, I'd rather her just think of me as the little daughter and like, yeah. I'm not really doing too much. I don't have to explain to her, but yeah, I mean, she says she's proud of me and my dad's not in my life anymore, obviously yeah. from the past, but uh, yeah, I have a very supportive, you know, my siblings and her and my fiance, like my fiance is a business as well. So we take on this venture together and I, I don't that. know if I could even have gone half as far without him. So yeah, I love that. That's awesome. Well, congratulations on almost being married. <laughs> uh, that's really cool. Yeah. And I think um, like my next question and kind of final thing um, to discuss and just to kind of like reiterate how important it is to network and find your community, you know, outside of family, because for the most part, families don't understand unless there's other family members who have started a business and are also entrepreneurs. Um, but yeah, and like, especially when it comes to tech and all that you do, it like normally goes over their head, but, um, and I actually just posted a, a podcast episode last week about, you know, if you're with someone who doesn't own a business, can it hurt your relationship? Because I got out of one and he had like a nine to five job with no really like desire to ever start a business. And he doesn't like, he never got really what I did. And it was like really hard communication wise. Um, but then I realized I read a book the other day and she was like, she actually talked about the fact that you can't just rely on your spouse. Now, if they are an entrepreneur, it's a little bit different, but especially if they're not like, you can't really rely on your spouse and your family to be that hundred percent support system. Like you really should network and find another community or people local that can still support you. Yeah, I agree completely. And yeah, my fiance, he's in a completely different realm of business. Like he's in the Medicare insurance agency. So it's actually, you would think there's so much support there, but sometimes we get frustrated with each other Mm because I'll try and explain something and he's giving advice from his realm. And I'm like, that doesn't apply to me. Yeah. And like, we just, we don't, we don't mesh all the time, but absolutely. Like being an entrepreneur is so lonely sometimes. Mm-hmm. And like, it's important to find your support system. That's why I love podcasts like this and mm-hmm. meeting people, networking with people like you, because you're successful. Absolutely. You've been down the path. We can actually go back and forth and relate to each other. And yep. if you don't have that, it's like, you can kind of go crazy sometimes second guessing yourself and having imposter syndrome and wondering like, what else are people doing out mm-hmm. there? So yeah, I try to throw myself out and, uh, you know, just reach out to people like you all the time and say, you know, I would love to connect and just see second opinions and yeah. your world. And it really makes you feel grounded. Yeah. So, oh yeah, absolutely. Important. And it's also even like so important to find other women to connect with too, who are also entrepreneurs yeah. because there is like a different mindset. Um, and and it's, it's funny because I feel like until this year, all of my past mentors have been male uh, or have been men and like within more male dominated programs. And the end of last year, this one girl hit 100K months because um, that was like the program was to get you up to 100K. But she was like the first woman to hit it in this program in forever. And I was like, what the heck am I doing? Like, why am I in this program? Like, I need to find more like female dominant <laughs> because it's just like totally different. Um, so this year, my consultant is female and pretty much a lot of like my mentors are um, pretty much female dominant or yeah, females Amazing. as well. Um, because it's super important to just be able to like laugh, cry, share thoughts, the whole thing. Exactly. <laughs> as one, but yeah, I, I relate to that too. I went into some program. Um, it was all men and me and I could not relate to them very well. It was just like, 
it was a little more harsh. Like, I don't know how to explain it. I love tough love and tough mm-hmm. coaching, but at the same time, it's like, you need to have a heart in yeah. it and like passion and women are the best at that, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Like we to with people very well. Yeah, no, so true, so true. Yeah, especially like like posting ads and stuff like that. I'm always like, I, I am not doing that. I'm sorry, I'm not doing that. I am not going to present myself like this. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I'm glad, I'm glad you totally get that. Um, awesome. Well, before we wrap up, if you want to share, I know you have a couple different socials, but for everyone listening, um, the best place to find you online, if you don't mind sharing all of those, and then I'll just make sure to link everything in the descriptions as well. Yeah, absolutely. If you just look up Clara Baldwin on everything, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, I'll pop up. Um, yeah, and then check out Peace Over Peace, my nonprofit. We're mm-hmm. doing a big donation um, raise right now to help people get out of their abusive situations. So if you want to hit the follow there and listen to our podcast, that'd be awesome too. Yeah, so incredible. Uh, I, I just love what you do. So thank you so much for coming on. Uh, this was an thank awesome episode. I really, really appreciate it. And for everyone listening, please go check Clara out. Um, Do not be shy. As you can tell, she's very energetic, very bubbly, very friendly. So just send her a DM or email. Go look at her nonprofit. Go look her up on uh, and listen to her podcast uh, because she is an incredible individual and entrepreneur. So thank you so much, Clara. Thank (laughs) you. Everyone listening, I will talk to you all next week. Thanks for tuning in. See ya. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you got some value or just feel fired up, I would love for you to take a screenshot and tag me in your Instagram stories or leave a review. It's always so motivating to see you getting the inspiration you needed to level up for my podcast. I'm going to keep showing up and bringing my best to these episodes, and I encourage you to do the same. If you think a friend or family member would enjoy this episode, I would love for you to share the ambition. I can't wait to chat next week, but until then, keep being ambitious AF.